Welcome church on this holiday weekend. Look at all the people who came to church. You could be doing so many things. In fact, some I know are out uh, who are watching us online because some fe- folks who've uh, traveled this week. I even talked to camper folks who are out camping and they drove back for church today. Uh, that is extra credit in heaven right there. I'm telling you, no, I don't know about that theology, but we're so glad that you are here today. Let me ask the question, how many of you are ready to study God's Word today? Okay, if you have a Bible, or you can look it up on your, uh, on your Bible app or on the internet, find Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs 4, while you are finding that, uh, Paul Harvey tells a great story about a young artist who had just been offered a fantastic commission to paint a portrait of a successful local builder. And so he was feeling so good. He was excited because this was his first big job as a professional artist. He was going to make some real money for the first time painting this portrait of the local builder. And As a result, he's feeling good. He decides to go down to the sidewalk cafe and treat himself to a big lunch. And so he enjoys his lunch, and as he's there eating, he looks over, and at the table beside him, there was a newspaper sitting face up, and he can read the headline on the newspaper that says, Hard Times Are Coming. And he begins to think about that as he's finishing up his lunch, and he starts to think about, well, hard times are coming. I wonder, you know, what does that mean for my future? And, and so, so the restaurant owner comes and, and says, would you like some dessert? And as he's finishing up his meal, he says, no, I, I, I better save my money. I just learned that, that hard times are coming. And so uh, he, he, he finishes his lunch and he goes on his way. And, and as he leaves, the restaurant owner starts to think about that. A little bit, and he says, hard times are coming. And so he picks up the phone and he calls his wife and he, he says, honey, you know that dress that you had uh, ordered as custom made for the Chamber of Commerce dinner this year? You know, that's kind of a big expense for a one-time-a-year event. And, and I just learned that hard times are coming. And I wonder if it might not be too late for you to call the dress shop and cancel the order on that custom-made dress. And so, so she understands, and so she calls the dress shop, and she says to the dress shop owner, I, I, I hope it's not too late, but we just learned that hard times are coming, and we need to be careful, and so, so we just want to, to ask, is it too late to cancel the order on that dress? And the dress shop owner says, no, that would be okay. We haven't actually ordered the material yet. And, and so as she hangs up the phone, the dress shop owner is thinking about it, and, and, and and she thinks, you know, I, I wonder if maybe I should make some changes. And so, so she picks up the phone again and she calls the local builder. And she says to the local builder, you know that plan that we have to add on to the dress shop and remodel and the new addition? And, and I, I think we ought to hold off. I've just learned that hard times are coming. And so the builder, who's been so successful in his business, but but knows that he needs to be careful. And so he, he, he picks up the phone and he calls the newly excited professional artist who he had contracted to paint his portrait. And he says to the artist, you know, I, I've just learned that, that hard times 
are coming. And I, I don't think that this would be a good time for me to be able to have that, that portrait painted. And so I'm going to have to cancel your commission for that painting. And so now this very same artist discouraged with his head hanging low, goes back to that very same cafe. And he sits down again at that very same table. And as he sits there, he, he looks as he gets his cup of coffee to drown his sorrows and sees next to him on that very same table that very same newspaper. And he picks up the newspaper this time and decides he will read the article. And as he reads the article, he does not realize that, that the restaurant owner, the cafe owner, had been unpacking a box of dishes from long ago and had taken that newspaper and set it to the side from the packing material. And the artist read the article and saw that the newspaper article was 10 years old. And the point is that negative thinking can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Isn't that true that, that, that if you can learn this in your life, it will make a huge difference when you begin to realize that negative thinking can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. In this life, if you, if you pay attention, you will see that often you tend to get that which you expect. That if all you do is focus on the negative, many times you will end up creating the very thing that you feared. That if, if you, you have a negative attitude all the time, that sometimes you can take even good things and turn them bad, and that a positive attitude can many times take even bad things and help turn them to good. And so I hope you found Proverbs chapter 4. If not, we do have it on the screen today, beginning in verse 20. The, the, the Proverbs writer says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a whole man's body. Above all else, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that wherever we have come from in our lives today, whatever journeys we have been through, whatever difficulties, whatever influences, whatever experiences have shaped us, both positively and negatively, Lord, we pray that you would take us as we are today and that you would encourage us and shape us and mold us to be more like Jesus, in whose name we pray. And everybody say, amen. amen. So today we're going to focus in on verse 23 that says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is what? For it is the 
wellspring. You can do better than that. Come on, let's say it like it's coming from your wellspring. Here we go. For, for above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so this, this verse talks very specifically about some things that we need to do to guard our wellspring. Uh, number one, I, I think it's important for us to remember that life was meant to be lived from the inside out. And, and what that means is this, that, that often the most important part of life is not necessarily what happens to you, but rather what happens in you. And because of that, that's why your attitude determines your altitude. I know we have some pilots here in the church, and altitude is important, right? That if you don't fly at the right altitude, you're going to crash into stuff, right? And that sounds like life, doesn't it? That your, your attitude determines your altitude, how high you fly. A positive attitude makes you a slave to, uh, or a negative attitude makes you a slave to your circumstances and, and brings you down. But a positive attitude helps you fly high. A positive attitude helps you see the best in things. A negative attitude only sees the worst in things. I love the old poem, two men looked out prison bars it says, two men looked out prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. Both in the exact same situation. But one could only look and see the muck and the mud and the yuckiness. And the other looked up and saw the potential and saw the beauty. But it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because it is hard to stay positive in this negative world. I don't know if you've ever read uh, the old author Zig Ziglar, and this is from a while back, and, and so I've changed some of the references to try to make it a little more up to date, but, but the struggle is real. Zig Ziglar says, in this culture, one of the problems is we wake up, wake up in the morning not, not awakened by, by the sound of a rooster crowing and the, 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 the light of the sun rising on the horizon. But instead, in society today, we are awakened by something we call an uh, a what? An uh, alarm. And he says that defines the tone for our day, doesn't it? We wake up in a state of alarm, and instead of listening to beautiful music as we prepare for the day, we listen to the morning news to find out all that went wrong in the world while we were in bed. Or maybe we check social media to see what everybody is complaining about today or what everybody is lying about to pretend that their life is better than ours. And then instead of leisurely enjoying our drive to work in the morning and enjoying the solitude and the quiet time to pray, instead we endure what we call rush hour. And then to be kind to ourselves throughout the day because of the drudgery we're going through, we give ourselves a coffee break, which I think is interesting that in order to relax, we hop up on caffeine. <laughs> and then we fight through traffic to get home in the evening and we go through the mail and we sit down to pay our debts instead of saving in advance and then only buying what we can afford. Instead, we accumulate debts. Then we turn on the TV and watch some evening drama where the father falls in love with the cheerleader and the mother runs off with the water softener repair man. And just before going to bed, 
Just to get ourselves ready for a good night's sleep, we finish the evening off with a nice rape, murder, mystery, crime drama. That's always encouraging. And then we go to bed with our TV turned on just to make sure that we get one final look at all that went wrong in the world today. And it's no wonder if we constantly consume this negative input, it's no wonder that we get discouraged in our world. And so we need instead to commit to the daily discipline of spending time with God. That's why every morning, the very first thing I do when my feet hit the floor is immediately open up the Word of God to be shaped by it. We need scripture. We need prayer. We need positive Christian influences in our lives to correct us and to help us and to, to shape us. We need church. And here's one of the reasons that we need church. Because number four, our attitude needs constant adjustment and renewal. Have you ever bought a brand new car? I've only had one. In our entire lives, we've bought one new car and uh, the rest we've all bought used. But one new car, if you've ever driven a brand new car straight off the lot, it's amazing. The steering is just in perfect alignment. You can just ride down the road and put your hand behind and, you know, uh, check your email. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. that and, and then the problem is the longer you drive, the more potholes you hit right? Especially in New Brunswick. Can I get an amen? Uh, in, in New Brunswick, when somebody is driving erratically, you don't know if they're drunk driving or swerving to avoid potholes. It all looks the same. And, uh, and you scrub a few curbs and, and hit a few bumps, and, and before long, your steering gets out of alignment. Uh, years ago, Tracy and I were going to visit my parents on Mother's Day to surprise my mother after I spoke on Sunday morning and then uh, we made the long drive to go and visit my family to get there that Sunday evening. And, and, uh, and so we, we decided as we pulled into town, is about about 9.30 at night, and, and we thought we can get to the grocery store before they close to buy my mother some flowers. Isn't that sweet? And so, so, so 9.30 at night, we pull on. It's dark onto the road that's on the way to the grocery store before we stop at their house. And all of a sudden, as I turn onto this road in the darkness, I hear this, whoo, bump, and we, you know, the fillings come out of your teeth. And, and, and I pull over to the side of the road and gut out to look to see what had happened. And there was the largest pothole I had ever seen. It was the size of Albert County. And, uh, I, and, and I, it was like, like a foot and a half wide and about 19 centimeters deep. And, and, and I looked, and there on the side of the curb, there were two other hubcaps from two other cars. And then I, it all started to make sense when I looked up and saw that I was right in front of the Goodyear tire store. That's a business plan right there. That works out all right. And so uh, pretty soon the tire was flat, and the next day I went back to that same Goodyear station to be able to get a brand new tire. And everything looked good. I thought everything was okay until we got back on the highway to drive home. And the car was pulling to the left. That what, what happened was the tire looked good. Everything looked good on the outside, but down beneath where I could not see it, the steering had gotten out of alignment. And the same is true in our lives, isn't it? Every day, we run into potholes. Every day, 
our, our hearts and our attitudes get knocked out of alignment. And we need constant adjustment and renewal. Proverbs 4.27 said in this passage that we read, do not swerve to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. And folks, that is why we study God's word. That is why we are here today, being part of a church each week, being part of a small group, serving in ministry, and serving in the community helps keep our attitudes adjusted. It was really interesting yesterday at the royal wedding, wasn't it? That uh, did, How many of you saw any bit of the royal wedding yesterday in Windsor Castle? And uh, what, was, what was different about that wedding was, did you notice they got preached to? Some, some of you saw that, right? Uh, and so what, what made that unique is there was lots of commentary, and people were very divided, weren't they? I, I went on Twitter literally to, to look up hashtag royal wedding, and it was divided. Half the people were saying, wouldn't that guy just shut up and get back to the wedding? And the other half were saying, oh my goodness, how incredibly encouraging this is. And I think what's so encouraging about that for so many people is we live in a world that all we get is potholes and bumps and curbs that knock us out of alignment. And people aren't used to having their vision centered and their heart realigned. But we know that's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need church. That's why we come here each week to be encouraged and get realigned in our faith. I think one of the great verses, one of the best verses on how to guard our hearts is Philippians 4 verse 8. Let's read this out loud together. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's read this out loud together. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I think this verse is saying, first of all, that we need to nurture our wellspring with positive input with positive input. I, I want to tell you a secret that, that surprises some people who only know me now, but uh, I, for the, the most part of the first part of my life, had a passionate love connection with junk food. Uh, I used to eat Pop-Tarts every morning for breakfast, uh, big, like two or three Pop-Tarts, we had our pantry stocked with Little Debbie snack cakes because I had to eat them every day and Coca-Cola and Mountain Dew, breakfast of champions right there. And, uh, and it all worked out okay for me, I guess, until I got into my early 30s. And I realized that it was starting to catch up with me and my clothes didn't fit and uh, I didn't look the way that I used to look when I was 21, I didn't look that way anymore when I was 31, and, 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 and so I began to bicycle 
a lot. And, and I got a mountain bike, we, and, and we would go cycling, and I would ride my bike to work every day. And, and then I went from a mountain bike to a road racing bicycle, because we had a lot of uh, road racers in our church. And, and so we would meet at the church a lot of times in the evening, and we would go out in the evening right around supper time and ride close till dark and go on uh, 40 or 50 mile rides on some evenings, uh, which is, you know, like 65, 70, 75 kilometers in an evening. And so I was really starting to, uh, to get stronger, but it was frustrating because I wasn't losing that layer of fat that I thought I ought to be losing with all of the exercise and the cycling that I was doing. And I thought, well, I guess maybe that's just the way that God made me. But then about 10 years ago, 9 or 10 years ago, I began to study something and learn about something that before that I didn't know anything about. I'd never paid any attention to this before in my life. Here's the key. I began to study and learn about nutrition. And I learned about all of the sugar and, and the junk that is in the prepackaged foods that we buy in the grocery stores today. And, and, and at, up until this point, I didn't know anything about nutrition. And that's when things began to change in my life. And so about nine or ten years ago, I began uh, to, to cut back and not eat all the fried food that I used to eat and, and, and tried to watch sugar content and stay away as much as possible from, from prepackaged foods. And I stopped drinking soft drinks and, and sweet drinks. And you know what happened is, is even though I had been exercising for years, it was not until I changed my input that I began to see a change. And I lost almost 30 pounds and lost four inches from my waist size. But listen, all the exercise in the world didn't help until I changed my input. And the same is true spiritually. Listen, the same is true in our lives. What you take in each day determines how you feel. And so if you are constantly wrestling with discouragement and fear and a bad attitude, let me ask you, what have you been taking in each day? What kind of books are you reading? What kind of TV shows are you watching? Listen, we should not just be okay with watching what everybody else watches. We should not just be okay with reading the same junk that everybody else reads. What kind of people are you hanging out with? Because what you feed your spirit makes all the difference. And if you, listen, wonder, why does my life as a Christian seem to be no better than everybody else at work? Maybe you need to check your diet on a regular basis of what you consume in your daily life. And remember, again, food has something to do with it, but you know we're talking about more than food, right? We're talking about the daily consumption that we spend hundreds of hours a week consuming what this world feeds us 
And then we wonder why our lives end up the way that they do. And that's when you begin to see, when you change your input, you begin to see every situation through the eyes of faith. To begin to see things through God's eyes. I love the story. Uh, I've, I've told it so many times because it's such a great story about kind of seeing ouselves through God's eyes and seeing our potential and uh, of the little boy who uh, goes out into the backyard to play baseball and, and he pulls his baseball cap down tight and he has a ball in one hand and he has his bat in the other hand and he gets himself all ready and he, he throws the ball up in the air and takes a big swing and, and shouts, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he takes a big swing with all of his might might and he, he misses the ball and down it goes and lands on the ground and he, he's not bothered and so he dusts himself off and he picks the ball up again and he declares i am the greatest hitter in the whole wide world and he throws the ball up in the air and he takes a mighty swing and he misses again strike two he says but he knows this time he's going to get it. And so he picks up the ball and, 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 and he gets ready for the third time and declares, I am the greatest hitter in the world. And he throws the ball up in the air, takes a mighty swing, and again, he misses strike three. And at first he looks discouraged until he, then he comes to a realization. And he got a big smile and he said, guess what? Apparently, I must be the best pitcher in the world. Our perspective makes all the difference. Christians ought to be the most positive people. When others look and only see the bad, we look and see the good. When others look and only see the problems, we look and see the potential. When others struggle with a, with a, a troubled heart, we can have a heart that finds the peace that can only come from Jesus, a peace that this world does not understand. And so Proverbs 4 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. In other words, the things that come out of our mouths as Christians should be different than the way everybody else talks. From the way that everybody else talks about things in our neighborhood or at the gym or, or at work or at school, that the way that we talk, the things that come out of our mouths should be blessings and not curses. To keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, be careful little eyes what you see. Well, be careful little eyes what you see. Because the Father up above is looking down with love. And He wants you to have a pure heart. Protect your heart, protect your eyes, protect your ears. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. The choices that we make and the ways that we live need to be different than the people in the world around us. And do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. And maybe the first step that some of you need to take today is to take a step towards Jesus.
towards Jesus. Because that's where it begins. That's where this new life... See, the, the Bible says that when you accept Jesus, that he will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That instead of being selfish and self-absorbed like the world with a heart of stone, instead that we would have a heart of flesh that is tuned to the things of God, sees the needs of others around us. But it only happens when we give that heart to Jesus. When we make the decision each day to walk with Him, to order our steps according to His Word. And so if you've never done that today, if you've never received the forgiveness of Jesus who died on the cross so that you can be washed clean as you confess your sin, would you just right now, all around this room, if we could close our eyes and just listen to God's Spirit speaking to you right now. And in your heart right now, pray, Lord, I confess that I have not been close to you. Lord, I have pursued so many things in my life. I have chased after so many things, but none of them have satisfied this hunger in my heart because only Jesus can satisfy. And so in your heart right now, would you just tell him, say, Lord, I confess my sin to you. I confess how much I need you. Will you come in and forgive me right now? And so we thank you that, Father, that Jesus died on the cross for us. Thank you for forgiving us. Come and take control over my life. Just right now, tell him, I've given you my life, and now I commit that from this day forward, I want to follow Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you would heal our broken, wounded hearts. May you restore to us the joy of our salvation and help us to be holy and help us to be healthy in our relationship with you. And out of our relationship with you, that that would bless and nurture our relationship with others. May our lives be a beautiful reflection of grace and truth in this world. In everything we do, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Amen. I want to ask you a question. I wonder, is there anyone here today who you would say, you know, I made a decision. I prayed to follow Jesus and gave my life to him. I don't yet know what it means. I don't yet fully understand all the changes that he's going to lead me into. I don't yet fully understand all these things in this world, but I'm going to find out. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you made that 
decision today and prayed that prayer, we have a gift that we would like to give you. It's a little book to help you get started in your journey. And then if you'll just give us a little bit of information, we'd love to be able to follow up with you this week and be able to pray more with you and help you find some next steps to help you figure out how to live this journey with Jesus. And so if you would have the courage to do so so that we can bring that little gift to you and we're gonna celebrate with you, we're gonna rejoice with you, would you raise your hand so we can bring that to you and we can welcome you to the family of God? Amen, keep it up high, keep it up high, keep it up high. Come down and look, keep it up high. Amen, keep it up high. Amen, oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. You be sure to fill that out, and we're going to get with you this week and follow up so that we can help you get started in that walk with Jesus. And so uh, on your Connect card as well, or if you want to go and let them know at the Information Center, if you have never been baptized, we have baptism coming up. That's for everybody who's given their life to Jesus. If you've never been baptized, we're going to help you take that step and declare your faith to the world. Remember at the end of the service that uh, we have uh, pizza out in the atrium. All of the proceeds from that go to our mission to feed people in Haiti and our water projects as well. We're building wells in Haiti and making a difference around the world. And we're so excited to be part of that. But just for your closing blessing today, every day we send you out with an encouraging word and with a closing blessing. Let's again, let's declare this blessing over ourselves. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And so right now, just think about saying it to the person beside you or saying it to the person in front of you or behind you. So if you know them, you can go ahead and just look them right in the eye and do that. If you don't know them, hopefully they won't like smack you and punch you in the nose and say, talk to somebody else. But uh, please don't do that. This is church, remember? And, uh, and save that for the office. No, 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 don't do that. And, uh, and so let's declare this blessing over the people in front of you, behind you, and all around you. Let's say it together. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And in so doing, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You are dismissed. Go in the peace of God. <laughs>